Hey y'all, welcome back to Whatever the Weather. This week we are doing something a little different. We are addressing frequently asked questions, FAQs. Yes, Katie and I go into the nitty gritty of what it's like to be on television. And we answer common questions that we find from viewers and listeners. The reason we're doing it? I'll be honest, I'm on vacation, and we just wanted to have a little bit of fun today. If you have any questions for us, let us know. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe. We love our listeners, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to Whatever the Weather. Whatever the weather. I want to do a um, like a vocal for our theme song, but you should. That was clearly an exaggerated vocal. That was like me being like. Hey. So sounds great. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. You look so shining and beautiful. Well, I had my espresso shots today, so really firing <laughs> on all cylinders. All I picture is like you underneath a Keurig and the coffee just like falls into your mouth. That's an espresso shot to me. But really. So, I mean, we do live on coffee. Oh, for sure. We do. So um, this is Whatever the Weather, a podcast about all different kinds of things that have to do with the weather. But Katie and I specifically, we work on television as meteorologists. And so what we thought we would do today, I'll be honest, if you're listening to this, I'm currently on vacation. So we just recorded our fog episode and now we're gonna do some frequently asked questions about what life is like as meteorologists on TV. Yeah, this is a good idea. This is fun. Okay, so first I thought we could like talk about our typical day. A lot of times people ask us what a typical day looks like. So Mm -hmm. take it away, Kate. Yeah, well, we don't just show up to the station and pop our happy little faces on TV. There's Mm -hmm. a lot that happens before the newscast. We also don't get pampered and people don't do our hair and makeup. We do all of that jazz ourselves. Yeah. Hair and makeup. I watch. I have watched so many YouTube makeup tutorials. <laughs> Haven't you? Yes. Okay. Cool. We dress ourselves as well. So we do. We do dress ourselves. Dress. Get dressed. Step one. <laughs> step one. Coffee. Step two. Dress yourself. Yes. <laughs> step three. Hair, makeup, all the jazz. So then we we get to the station and we've got to make our forecast. Yeah. So what a typical forecast. Here's what a typical forecast looks like. We use computer models to kind of help us conclude what's going to happen in the weather. Mm -hmm. Now, computer models are a fancy, fancy way of turning the atmosphere into a math equation so that we can see what is next. But this math is so complicated Mm -hmm. that no human being can do it. We have to have computers do it for us. And there are different math equations. There are different forecasting models. Mm -hmm. You've got one that's the American model. Okay, called the GFS, the Global Forecasting System. You've got another one. That's the European model, called the Euro for short. Actually, it's like ECMWF, I think. Yeah. But I don't remember what that stands for. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but so those are like computer models. And so we know that computers aren't always right all the time, right? Mm -hmm. 
So in order to forecast, Katie and I will use our human brains to be like, oh no, that's actually not gonna happen. Here's what we think is going to happen instead. Mm -hmm. So that's forecasting. So how long does forecasting usually take? It depends, right? It depends on what show you're working because if like Sarah works mornings a lot of the time, mm -hmm. So you need to kind of crank it out so that you don't have, you know, so you can like save up yeah. a little bit of sleep. So I will actually wake up at two o'clock in the morning for a show that starts at six o'clock in the morning because mm -hmm. I've got to get my hair and makeup done and everything. Mm -hmm. But then I get into the studio right around about four and it takes me about an hour to forecast. Yeah. Okay. An hour mm -hmm. to forecast. Then after forecasting, what we do is build graphics. Yes. So we look at all that data. We make our planning forecast, which is what you see on TV. And so then we've got to, we've got to make sure that all the graphics that you see on TV reflect our forecast, what we think is going to happen. We actually build those. A lot of people don't know that we do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. We build what you see on the screen behind you. Yeah. And that can be, depending on what's happening, it can take a while. If we've got a big front coming through, we need to walk you through what happens with that front. Yeah. That can take, that can take a while. It's not just snap your fingers and it's there. Yeah. So, and then show starts and you're doing your forecast and you're updating social media and the website. Mm -hmm. And usually after our shows wrap up, we'll record webcasts. Those go on the mobile app, those go on the website. Sometimes we'll post those to social media as well. Yeah, so it's a full it's a full day. And what being on TV looks like is we have somebody in our ear that's behind the scenes. That's usually a producer who makes the newscast and they tell us our time cues, they tell us how long we have. Mm -hmm. We typically have about three minutes for a full weather cast. Mm -hmm. And then we just wait around for commercial breaks. <laughs> no. <laughs> and news talks and sports talks. And okay, all cool. That. All that stuff. So that brings us to our next question, which some of you asked on our Instagram page. Do you still get nervous? This is an interesting question. Yeah. I think every now and then I do. Uh, not very often because, and I guess this is a good thing, but it's everything's kind of become second nature to me. Yeah. Um, getting in front of a camera and talking about weather is second nature at mm -hmm. this point, which is good because I feel very comfortable. But every now and then I'll, I will get nervous for whatever reason. I think it's generally if I'm filling in for someone, maybe I haven't worked that particular newscast in a while. Yeah. Or, you know, like GMSA, our 4.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. show. Yeah. We don't typically work that very often so the couple of times that I've had to do that you know it's a new show different people work in that show so different producers and it's a marathon of a show okay because oh, yeah. we're on air for Good Morning San Antonio it's like our version of Good Morning America we're on air from 4 30 in the morning and if you count cutting in mm -hmm. to, uh, to nine to Good Morning America we're on until 10 because oh, we yeah. have the nine o'clock show. Yeah. So that is five and a half hours of weather mm -hmm. and news. Mm -hmm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so I can see why you would get nervous there, especially since you're used to doing the evening shows. Yeah, so every now, and if there's, you know, if the weather, I guess if I guess if we have active weather coming in, it's not nerves as much active as meaning like adrenaline. thunderstorms and yeah. things like that. It, and that's the biggest thing. I'd say when I first started off, Katie, I was very, very nervous. Mm -hmm. I naturally have stage fright. 
like pretty bad stage fright I too. would not have guessed that. I, but I, it's, it's true. So I mentally, I am like, chill, I got this. This is no big deal. Everything is fine. We're just going in front of people and talking. Mm -hmm. So mentally, I'm okay with that. I have a physical reaction to having people watching me. My heart rate goes up. It's called it's called anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people struggle with it. And, and mentally, I'm like, this is fine, but I still react. Mm -hmm. So when I first started off in the business, I, you know, was really, really anxious. And, you know, tr full transparency, I had to get on a little beta blocker, little pill, and that kept my heart rate from going up and allowed my yeah. mind to focus on what I was doing. And it was awesome. And ever since then, I've just gotten used to being on television mm -hmm. that it's not, I don't get that anxiety too much anymore. So the only time it'll pop up is when we do have like extremely uh, important weather to cover. Yeah. Like if there's a tornado warning, that means keeping people safe. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I do get a little nervous, but, but I know that I have an important job to do, so I do it and it's fine. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's just, I'm just being honest, you know, there are times when I get very anxious, but not so much anymore. So that's good. That is good. Yeah. It well, gets better with time. It does get a lot better with time. So next question. I hope you guys don't mind me sharing that stuff. Next question. Teleprompter. Do we use a teleprompter? It's a big no. Big no. Big, big negative. No. Teleprompter is the script that um, anchors read, news anchors read. They have got a lot of specific information that they have to get exactly right. Mm -hmm. And so they will have a script written for them that they read. Or they will write the script themselves. We, uh, as meteorologists, we already know the weather story. And we don't, really, uh, we don't really have to fill that much time. We fill about three minutes. And so we just kind of talk like it's a PowerPoint presentation, you know, without a prompter. Yeah. <laughs> we call that ad-libbing. Yes. And so if, if ever... You are watching the forecast and there's an uh in there or a <laughs> little hiccup or something. It's because we're we're, we're just pulling this yeah. not out of nowhere because our brains are stacked with great information. But sometimes <laughs> the or if you go off, you know, if you so it's it's <laughs> I do this too often. I like go off in one direction. You know the Michael like Scott saying where he's like, Do you ever start a sentence? There's like, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. But sometimes, you end up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it happens. I don't know exactly how we're going to get to the point of the forecast, but we always get there. That's so true. That happens a lot. <laughs> So, uh, do you have you had a great mentor, and did you receive any advice from that mentor? I two people come to mind. It was the the chief I worked for, worked interned under in Houston. His name's Tim Heller, and then also my I was a graduate assistant for uh, what is the word I'm looking for teacher. I professor? guess. Professor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I there think, we go. Yes. See, <laughs> instructor or what? Yes. So, yes. And she, her name is Lindsay and she, she had worked in the business and then she came back to Mississippi State and was 
she teaches the broadcasting courses in the cool. meteorology department. And so both of those people come to mind because, yeah, they each taught me different things, but things that they taught me, I still, you know, kind of hear, I hear their voices in my head every now yeah. and then and little tips and tricks. And yeah. Same, same with me. Like, so um, one of, I love learning from older meteorologists. Mm -hmm. um, at my last station at K10, I had uh, Alan Mitchell, who had been a meteorologist for years, and he was just wonderful to learn from. He gave me some great advice about, you know, Sarah, just, just tell the story, tell what the weather's going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're not always gonna have it right, but you need to be able to learn from that situation and push forward. Mm -hmm. Great advice from him. I still am in contact with him. Steve Brown, who was our a chief meteorologist for a while here at San Antonio, although he didn't like the name chief meteorologist, I just love listening to him because he's been around San Antonio for like 30 years. And so he would just throw around these little tidbits. Like it's February and it's muggy outside right now for us. We're looking at a lot of cloud cover. Mm -hmm. He would say every February we get the fizzly drizzlies, February fizzly drizzlies. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what we've been having. So those little tidbits there. I had a lot of uh, meteorologists that I learned from uh, their on-air uh, presence as well. In mm -hmm. a college station, there was Shell Winkley. He taught me how to be on TV. Kaylee Carey, who lives now in Houston. I don't know if she's still in the business, but I told her about my anxiety that I have, my stage fright. Mm -hmm. And she was like, just know that people are like on your side and it's not that big of a deal. Like, just tell yeah. yourself over and over again, it's not that big of a deal. And sure enough, I mean, that's always stuck with me. So those are just some, some examples of people so yeah that's what cool. people would always ask uh, another question people would always ask is what's it like working with Steve Brown oh yeah you know and I almost felt I almost felt kind of bad as someone who I'm a San Antonio transplant so I've only <laughs> been here for about two years so and you can relate to this there are people that are living here that have born and raised here that have you know they watched Steve on TV growing up yeah and they were like, what's it like working with Steve Brown? And like, part of me felt bad because I'm like, wow, these people love Steve. And yeah. I just show up and get to, you know, get to work, work with them. Get to work with yeah. them. But what I would always say is that somebody that has worked in the same place for that long, that knowledge of a location and its terrain and its patterns and yeah. its climate, that is invaluable information. You cannot put a price on that. It, anybody would kill to have that. No, yeah, because like I said, we use computer models to forecast, but it really is, the weather is very much of a local experience, and sometimes the computer models can't grab that and get that. Yeah. And so the longer you're in a place, the more accurate your forecasts get. It's just the way it is. For sure. All right, next question. Do we storm chase? We Good do. Question. We do storm chase. We even have a storm chaser outside. Storm chaser, which is pretty much a TV channel on wheels. So we've mm -hmm. got radar, we've got cameras in there, we've got everything. And we primarily use the storm chaser when we have flooding events here mm -hmm. because we get a lot of flooding events in San Antonio. And so we'll go out to show the areas that are very dangerous, water covered roadways, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, We'll also take it out for ice or snow events, which we've done a lot of. And then Katie actually took it out for Hurricane Harvey uh, in uh, 2017. Yeah, we, Justin Horn, another one of our meteorologists, they went down to the Rockport 
corpus area when Harvey was making landfall. So they were using it then. And I guess in that sense, it was more of a storm chaser because they had the wind and the rain and everything. So then as Harvey was moving east, they brought it back. Justin and I kind of switched out and then we went over to Houston. And by the time we got to Houston, the rain was clearing out. Like our first full day, the rain was moving east, but we used the storm chaser to report on some of the lingering flooding issues that they were having, which of course was just- Feet of rain. Atrocious. Feet of rain. It's, it sees storms, but it also sees a lot of other type things. We're not driving it into tornadoes or anything like that. No, and that's the thing that a lot of people ask us is like, okay, so if you're telling us the storm is so dangerous, why are you going out into it? Mm -hmm. And this is something that I always, you know, justify by saying we're scientists, Mm -hmm. right? There there is a difference between studying something in a book and seeing it in person. Mm -hmm. And so we go out there to, to learn about the storm system, to see what's happening. We also go out there typically before the worst of the storm is happening and and get a place to to park our storm chaser. We're not Mm -hmm. driving it through this crazy weather. Like when we had the ice event, we knew it was gonna ice. I took the storm chaser out there and just waited, you know, for the ice to happen. And then when it happened, I said, this is why you don't wanna be out on the roads. You can see there's a jackknife trailer behind me, all things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the reason why we take it out. And, And you have to, and our job as meteorologists is to know the limits. Yes. What exactly. is safe and what is not safe. And I have chased tornadoes before in my last job, and you have to know what sides of the storms are the safe sides to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go storm chasing if you don't know about storms. It's yeah. just not smart. It's just not smart. Okay, so Katie, what made you want to become a meteorologist? I always say, I put it on my mom. I say my mom let me watch Twister at a really impressionable age. <laughs> my mind was still formed. I was, I had to have been gosh, I had to have been like six Wow, when I watched it for the first time and I was hooked. And so I went through multiple VHS copies of that movie and I just wanted to know more and more about the weather. And so on that note, my mom somehow, or my parents found a weather camp somewhere (laughs) in Houston and let me go to weather camp for two summers, which was pretty cool. So I've just always wanted to know it's just fascinating to me and and as i've gotten older i've definitely realized it is it's very humbling to forecast the weather yeah it is humbling because of so many certainties in the world the weather is it can be quite uncertain and so that's a challenge is to is to try to make yourself a better forecaster but it's a it's a it isn't a natural science. It is. And that, you know, I'll answer what made me want to become a meteorologist later, but there is another question that kind of fits into that, Katie, what you were just saying. People oftentimes ask us, do we just guess for our job? <laughs> like, do we just guess? <sighs> and no, we don't guess. We use our knowledge of the weather and the weather patterns to, to do a diagnosis, essentially, mm-hmm. of what the weather is going to be like. You oftentimes don't just ask doctors, do you guess? <laughs> that you would know, be bad. <laughs> they do. I mean, honestly, doctors in a lot of different ways, they, they use their knowledge to come to a conclusion about mm-hmm. what they think is wrong with their patient. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, as we know, those diagnoses are wrong. Uh, but, you know, you still trust the doctor because the doctor knows more than you. Yes. <laughs> and I don't want to compare ourselves to doctors. They are amazing <laughs> and they have their own job. 
But I think there is a lack of trust with meteorologists because there's this misunderstanding that we just kind of shoot the breeze and why would we do that? Yeah, we don't we don't want to pull your leg. We want to we want to be honest and if we do not get the forecast right, we will admit it. And it's haunting. Yes, it's haunting. Even if like I was off by 2 degrees sometime last weekend and I check the next day and slam the the desk and I was like dang it those clouds hung around longer than I thought I did I know it's very haunting even on a small scale even things that nobody else notices but we notice it'll bother us and so especially on a larger scale if there's you know if the storms don't play out which no one will ever complain about a lack of damaging thunderstorms that's you'd be surprised before I've said like there's going to be a line of strong to severe storms moving through and they weren't as severe but there was a line of storms moving through and then somebody was like those storms were nothing what are you talking about and I'm like oh my goodness you just can't please everybody okay so um I wanted to become a meteorologist because I loved performing I did and I love earth sciences I can't get enough of like the Nat Geo, like <laughs> magazines, oh, yeah. and uh, I just loved it. And and so, one I just remember, what's my first memory of weather? My first memory of weather is being in an airplane and seeing the clouds from above. Oh yeah, I was probably like four or five, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. What is this about at five years old? And so yeah. I just, you know, I just was fascinated by that. I really had a knack for mac and mac and science, mac and cheese, math. And it's science. almost lunchtime somewhere. <laughs> math and science. And so I just wanted to do both of those things. So that's that's why I became a meteorologist. That's awesome. Um, how how do you become a meteorologist? A very good question. We have a lot of, especially moms. You know, my kid wants to be, oh, yeah. loves the weather. Speaking what? of my mom, she texts like this. So she did, she, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> sent me a text message and she was like, oh, Sarah, what do you think about becoming a meteorologist? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that, that'd be good. <laughs> I love it when you impersonate your mom. It's my favorite thing. Um, that's a good question. So obviously we, Sarah and I both went to college mm-hmm. nowadays. I tell people this too, kind of gone are the days where the TV meteorologist doesn't have a degree in meteorology. Yeah. Now it's that's pretty much a requirement. Even for entry-level jobs, you've got to have a degree in the, in the appropriate fields, which for a meteorologist is going to be meteorology. meteorology. So that's a four-year degree. Um, additional schooling is fine. Like I went and got my master's, but it was really just to supplement um, and to fill in some of the gaps from my undergrad because my undergrad at Texas Tech, they have a good graduate program, but they don't have a true undergraduate program. So I minored in atmospheric sciences at Tech, but I had a major in something else. So looking ahead, kind of looking down the road to be able to get some of the seals that's mm-hmm. broadcast meteorologist certification. Get. Yeah, so there's an AMS seal, American Anna, Meteorological Society, and a NWA seal, National Weather Association. <laughs> a few of those, I you have to have certain classes. Yeah, to be able to even apply. Mm-hmm. So I knew I needed those. So that's why I went and got 
my master's, but Sarah got a four-year degree. Yeah, but I'm dumb. I got a bachelor's degree. No, but you had, <laughs> but our curriculum was yeah, different. Yeah, it was the, it was, but and we and we ended up with the same kind of education, so that's good. I did get a bachelor's degree at Texas A&M, and you usually have to start off in a small station and then work your way up, mm -hmm. uh, because you know you got to learn how to be on TV. And when you first start out, you are I was poo poo. <laughs> I was poopy. I know. So, I look back and I cringe. I was like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> right. Okay, so this is our last question. Do we get along? Specifically, Katie and I, we get along very well. <laughs> I mean, I, it's amazing. I just feel so, okay. I feel very grateful Absolutely. that I get to work with Katie. We are the same age. Um, we have so many similarities. And we've both been in experiences before where we've worked with people who are catty and competitive. Mm -hmm. And we want nothing to do with that. We are different. We're like red wine and white wine, but we're all good. Okay. Who is red? You know, I, will, I would love to be red wine just because I like red wine more. <laughs> I do too. So I will be. I'll I let you be red wine. Okay. See, well, these are the things we argue about. <laughs> not, not but it's true I mean I just think there's no room for that mm -hmm. and we build each other up and it's just the best so I'm a little no. we do get along we get along great somebody I saw somebody on Facebook they were like if Sarah and Katie aren't best friends in real life then this whole thing is a sham or something mm. <laughs> something like that I almost cried why just because you're awesome oh my gosh <laughs> Another way we're opposite. Sarah's very in touch with her emotion, whereas I'm not. I am. Sometimes my gift to Katie is not giving her a hug, even though I want to. <laughs> That's so true. Like, today is not a day to touch I me. Have, I have withheld many times from giving you That's a hug. So but I haven't told you, so you're welcome. Oh, my. <laughs> so, guys, yes. these are just some of the questions that we have. Next, next episode, we're going to go back to... Uh, talking about a weather phenomenon and phenomena and uh, the history yeah. behind it in our week on TV. But yeah. if you have any more questions for us, please, please, please reach out to us and remember to review, rate, and subscribe. So Katie and I are different. We're like red and white wine. But we always want you to weather, weather the, the weather. weather. Whatever, Whatever the, the weather. weather. Bye. Bye. I'm going to cry. <laughs>